0: Hi folks and thanks for listening to this tortoise shack podcast just a quick bit of housekeeping before we kick off as you know no ads no sponsors the tortoise shack relies on you dear listeners to keep the show on the road these mics do not go on unless we have some of you chipping in and giving us the price of a fancy cup of coffee once a month so while you're listening to the podcast why not click the link that says patreon.com forward slash tortoise shack and join us to get access to tons of exclusive content all in one consolidated podcast private rss feed for you And all of it is plea free. You don't even have to listen to me beg. Isn't that a wonderful, wonderful gift you can give to yourself? So why not try it for a month? There's no contract, there's no fit there's no terms and conditions, just try it for a month, see what you think, and if you don't like it, you can just cancel it. So please click that link. I won't delay any further. Enjoy the podcast.
1: Welcome to Reboot Republic, the podcast that goes behind the headlines and looks at the big issues in this republic of inequality. We are the podcast of solutions and the podcast of hope, and I'm your host, Rory Hearn. In a week where the government voted to knowingly make a policy which would result in people being evicted into homelessness, we are angered, we are upset, but we will continue to push to keep people in their homes, to make housing a human right. I'm joined today, Tony Groves, Tony producer, we're going to chat about it.
0: Yeah, and Rory, I, and I think you've just outlined, the sh- it, we wish we were shocked, because me and you, and everybody's been talking about this, we thought, knowing that they knew that the last time they, they, they when they put in place... The temporary moratorium on no-fault evictions, when they put that in place, they knew there was no emergency accommodation for people to go to. And we still know there's no emergency accommodation for people to go to. So we thought the, the only humane thing to do was to extend the ban until, at the very least, they knew that this was it. And the other thing I want to say on that, they keep saying this, Rory, 2,000 additional emergency accommodation beds. We know, me and you know, and everybody else who, who covers it with any details, an emergency bed can just be a yoga mat on the floor. OK, yeah. this is yeah. the kind of let's let's not let them off the hook with that either. You know, but also,
1: as I was making the point um in the article today in The Irish Times with Kitty Holland, that emergency accommodation mm. is not a solution. It's not an alternative. Like how how has it suddenly become OK that families, children, individuals can be evicted from their homes into emergency accommodations? Oh, at least you know, because the argument is, oh, do you have emergency accommodation yeah. or not have emergency accommodation? No. Why? It, I, I, emergency accommodation is devastating. People like we all the figures are there.
0: I, I, Individuals
1: I can, end up, you know, becoming becoming addicted and um, becoming, you know, having mental health issues. The family's children get traumatized by it. No, no one should be from their home into homelessness.
0: Go read the the letters that the Ombudsman for Children collated on the on the experiences of children in these family hubs, as Owen Murphy dubbed them. Yeah, You know, one of the questions they were asked is, what do you like about it here? And one child wrote nothing. I hate it here. Another child missed their family pets so much that she couldn't stop crying. I know this sounds these might sound trite to people, but. You know, other children spoke about the shame of going into school and not being able to talk about the fact that they knew they, were, they knew themselves that they were homeless. They wrote like in eight year olds writing things saying, um, don't like the food. I get shouted at when I go when I go to places to play. Can't have friends over. Don't have, you know, all of these simple things that you are. Um, my my little brother doesn't stop crying all, you know, because they're all sharing one room. All of these things. These this research has been done. We know this, and you've been talking about it.
1: And I've done that research. Yeah. And the thing that was truly disgraceful about this decision was that they made no assessment, No. no analysis of how many people would be made homeless or possibly even an estimation of how many people would be made homeless as a result of this decision. They made no count of it. The decision was based on landlords lobbying them and the idea that well our voter base will support this
0: decision—that's it. They, they, they literally made it's a there's two things going on here: a cynical decision that not a majority but enough people, as you say, the voter base care more about say two weeks in in Italy on holidays than they do about perhaps four thousand homeless children. And then the second thing that they're they're taking a punt on, and it is a punt is that we notice, Rory, that every Christmas homelessness reduces as families double bed and cramp up and, you know, yeah. push in. And they're hoping that that may actually be the thing that will happen now. They'll call on people to do all of that. And we have to be very clear on this. And we notice that everybody who's doing that, you are homeless. Just because you haven't gone to Park Gate Street and presented as homeless, if you were couch surfing, in, if you're an overcrowded um, accommodation, if you have insecure housing, in most countries in the EU, you're counted as homeless. It's only Ireland that gets away with saying, you know, only these people who are officially homeless. We know that they they yeah. fudge the figures yeah. already. So it's very important. We 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 actually we skipped ahead because we should tell people you're going to host an event on Wednesday evening. Um, wh- where do we go, Rory? And we're going to do it online for listeners. I'll be moderating the chat and the Q and A session. You'll be you'll have level hits. so they they'll be able to register for it and come along. And you know. Have their say about where were what where are they going and where should we be going and what should we be doing as an as a as as people who care to to change the minds of this government because let's yeah. be honest the, you notice know Rory the no fault the moratorium on no fault evictions I heard the Tanisha yet again saying we can't have that forever and the answer is why shouldn't we because it's standard everywhere bloody else you exactly
1: know? you can't um, evict people when you're selling a property in most other European countries. It's just common practice. I was speaking to a colleague of mine who is in Belgium and he was explaining to me, I said, oh, what is the situation there? And he goes, you can't, you can't evict a tenant. If someone is selling their property and a tenant is in there, what happens is that first of all, the tenant is given the first right to buy it, see if they can buy it. If they can't buy it, then it's sold. But then The tenant is still left there in place. Then the court, if the if the if the tenant doesn't want to move out and wants to stay and can't go anywhere, it goes to a judge and the judge will say, have you anywhere to go? And because there's a right to housing in the Belgian Constitution, the balance of the tenant's right to a home is over that of the new
0: property owner. So if the tenant has nowhere to go, the tenant stays. And that is how it's done. And and the Portuguese have introduced another thing where they say if you go true exact same I I sent you the wording of their right to um, housing in the constitution, in the constitution yeah. and it's but it's and it's much stronger than the right to private property and they know this but the, the other thing that they've actually done is they've said by the way if you get to that situation and the, and they need to sell. So they could sell to Rory Heron if Rory Heron wants to buy, but he, you know, but actually if you sell it to me and I'm the state or I'm the local authority, you pay no CGT, no capital yeah, gains tax no on it. Tax, so, yeah. so, so, so yeah. it's, it's, it's carrot and stick. Exactly. Exactly. And, and yeah. These and, things
1: and I think just in, in terms of that on Wednesday, you know, next Wednesday evening, half seven, um, we're doing this and, and we, we had gone over and back Tony about, you know, how do we respond to this now? And, and you know, when there's other people in touch with me saying, what do we do now? and I think, you know, it is very important The you know, Sinn Féin are putting down another motion um, or a legislative proposal around uh, extending the eviction ban. The Labour Party is putting a no-confidence motion down. These are important. And I think it's really important to say that Sinn Féin's motion wasn't just a political stunt or it wasn't a political stunt at all. It actually achieved something, even in and of itself, because the government weren't taking this serious at any level. Whereas now suddenly... Um, If you heard um, one of the Fine Gael uh, junior ministers, and his name is gone out of my head, on on the Tonight Show last night, saying that local authorities are now being told that there's no blockage, you just buy the property. A week ago, they weren't being told that. So already a significant achievement has been made by all of our pressure, all Mm. of the work. And I just want to say to listeners, because I know a lot of listeners have been campaigning really hard on this. They have been, in particular, the uplift petition that they were promoting around and getting people to sign and um, supporting the the calls and in terms of extending the ban. The, the video that we did with uh, Dean Scurry, which is really impactful with uh, Mario, the people who spoke out about their situation, Faiza, Lisa, Martin Leahy. That it's all had an impact, all of that public pressure. And I think that the the thing that came out that is coming coming out of this for me, and I think this is most definitely not over, and why we wanted to do the event on Wednesday evening was to show that this is not over and that the government has completely misread the public mood on this. And I think this is where, again, they're making a m- major mistake. They assumed that, oh, this will just blow over quickly. No one outside of Mm. Those affected will really care about this. But what we've seen is that there actually is most people in this country are decent people. And across the social classes, across the groups, across the country, people are horrified by this decision. They are utterly horrified across political parties. Um, And I think that the, the government will, I think it's very highly likely they're going to go ahead and lift the eviction ban. Mm -hmm. Uh, It appears at this point. But I think that if we continue the pressure and we have to continue, we will get measures put in place like the Tenants in Situ scheme. That has to be made work. And Mm -hmm. I was um, thinking this true. And I think what's needed on that, and I think is that, you remember during COVID, there was the contract tracing was set up Mm -hmm. as an emergency response. And people, the army was brought in they, I remember you remember the images of the army sitting down, taking making phone calls. Yeah, yeah. And um, people were seconded from various government departments. They were literally told, We need you, contract tracing, you're shifting over, you're doing it for whatever length of time. Why don't we set up an emergency center to implement the tenant in situ scheme and have a response in terms of anybody who's facing homelessness, anybody who's facing eviction? Because what's going to happen is, we know the local authorities aren't set up to do this. No, they don't have the capacity right now. They don't have the capacity. They don't have the staff allocated. They've been told, oh, local authorities will do this. like, we've like half a person, obviously not a half person. Yeah, but I mean,
0: like that, Daryl O'Brien made that very clear when he tried to say, oh, no, O'Brien was using misinformation when he was actually just quoting facts. They've only bought, they've only bought seven. You
1: they've, know. Only, they've only they've only bought seven. They're probably they're looking at a few hundred, but you're you've we know landlords are contacting. And you know, and this is where, you know, we'll give it to the you know, there is quite a few landlords. They tend to be just one property or two property owners. Yeah. They tend not to be the but anyway, they tend to be people who are, you know, I whatever. But let's
0: I mean, say let's let's say they're familiar with the tenant on a personal basis exactly, and they're, comf- and they're comfortable enough to go back to the local authority. And say, listen, I want to give you first crack at this because is, I want there's there is literally of hundreds of yeah.
1: landlords that um,
0: willing to sell to the
1: local hmm. authority,
0: but the local authority is not getting back to them, and like, they're not going and they're not going to wait six months. They're they're, and they're not. just no, because, because they're they like, can't. They can't, exactly. And, and the market is starting to wobble. So they're looking around and they're thinking time, unfortunately, is of the essence because the one driver that they don't like saying is that a lot of landlords who are getting out are getting out now because maybe they were in negative equity, they're no longer there. Maybe they've been waiting, but now they're looking at it and saying, actually, interest rates are coming up to such a height now where, where you know, that suppresses demand. Therefore, now is probably a good time to go.
1: Yeah, exactly. And, and we know that, again, You've probably been looking at this as well. the CSO data um, on residential property prices there was a very um, has shown that the rate of increase mm. of second-hand properties has fallen dramatically much much more. the rate of increase of new build houses is increasing still, but the inc- rate of increase of existing homes is falling. And that's mm. and that's what landlords are selling. And mm. they are panicking in some instances where they do. It is their pension. It is their... Mm. And there is no reason why there shouldn't be a requirement that they do sell to a local authority or housing association. That they're, And I was, you know, at the moment, we have no system. The RTB has to be notified mm. if a landlord issues a notice to quit. But nobody else. It's not the RTB's role to go check. Can we buy that? Is there is the tenant going to go into homelessness? There's nobody following. So there should be an immediate emergency response.
0: Well, I think you're, I think, I do think it's really good that you pointed out the positives that a government led by. Fine Gael, um, Fine t Shock, because they, you know, they've said 2018 that they were taking emergency measures and they clearly didn't because now yeah. they're adding more measures, you know, exactly. you know, so yeah. all of those things that they could have done five years ago are starting to be happening now, even though they declared an emergency in 2018. Yeah. So there are wins, there are incremental wins that were dragging them and dragging them and exactly. dragging them slowly yeah. to it. However, but they never
1: wanted to even put the eviction ban in place in the first instance.
0: I just want to make one point. 11,754 is the official number of people homeless active in the, in the state currently. Every time that goes above that now, between now and whenever we have a general election or or, or whatever the situation is, they have literally implemented policies to say we're okay with that. And exactly. that can never, they can never yeah. be forgiven no, for that. And I, I don't think,
1: I think they're so disconnected from the human impact of the housing crisis like this to me exposed it i think in the most stark like i've been making this point you know we have and many others have been making this point that they don't understand it they don't get it they don't understand they just they're so blinded by the market by developers by investor funds um by the landlord lobby that they just haven't been willing to do what's needed but to me this was the starkest reveal Of their disconnect from the human side of this, that they could knowingly go like the argument. Well, we had to lift it at some point. As I said, well, if you had to lift it at some point, what difference is lifting it in six months or a year's time? If it's, if all these things, landlords leaving, all this stuff is happening anyway, Mm. why not just extend it for a year? Where is, and I think for most people, That was a truly shocking thing that they did. And 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 they will not be that will not be forgotten. And I think they have politically completely misjudged And what we're likely to see is a number of things, I think. We're going to see number one, desperately people being made homeless into Mm. situations of you know families sleeping in cars, which is ongoing, but it's going to increase. Um we're going to see Really, really desperate situations, but no, we're going to see them all through the prism of you voted for this, you voted. But I, I just want to make make the point that you're going to see um, re- tenants staying in their homes yes. overholding, overholding. Which is right? They should do that, mm-hmm. um, because if they have nowhere to go, because no one should be evicted into homelessness. It's it's a basic
0: principle of a of any sort of decent society. By the way, the EU protects that, don't you? Do know that there's a protection in the EU law as well to say that the state the state must act to to defend its the rights of its citizens. Well, our constitution protects the family. I I know, but I'm just I'm just saying, even at an EU level, because absolutely, and
1: and there's many ways in which you know this breaches the right of the child, which is set out in our constitution, and we could argue that many, you know, and I think I think that you know the process is that and this is to be clear for people who are in that situation that if you're a renter and you've given the notice and you've been given the notice to quit, that then there is a period by which if you stay on beyond that, keep paying the rent, Mm. that then it goes to dispute at the RTB. That can take months. It can even take years. And so there is a, a time period where you can stay beyond The eviction date. And I think that's really important. The more and more tenants stay in that, the more the system gets caught up Mm -hmm. and it will show the government that actually this isn't working, you need to do something else. Um, But I think as well, the other thing that's likely to happen is as more of these stories, and hopefully we will be able to tell them and show them, the uplift eviction map I think is really important in this and documenting what actually happens, that I think there will be more and more political pressure public pressure that the government will have to continue to ramp up emergency responses and hopefully put in back in place um, and remove essentially no-fault evictions and I think that the government they think
0: it's just going to go away but it's not and we're going to ensure that Absolutely and it's the one thing I will say is disappointing and I mean this in a societal way is that you've just hinted at it that we've seen how change sometimes in this country means people telling their stories and almost expo- exposing their yeah. what they feel their shame yeah. and now here yeah. we are again having telling having people to tell how how they've been treated by a system so it's kind of disappointing but the and then on the flip side there is this element like there's the 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 elephant in the room is what's happening in in financial markets what's happening in in property as you as you as you've alluded to Rory and what that means then for you know like in we've been arguing for a long time property prices coming down is a good thing you yeah. know that we we need to wean ourselves off this idea of ever increasing property prices and that's how we base our our wealth and that's how we base our society on in terms of individuals in the correction of property prices there is an opportunity. The fear is that we have a government that We'll just want to inflate it straight away, rather than actually say, see the opportunity that's there, because you know they've they, they've hooked themselves up to this model of ever increasing property prices and shares. And that way, isn't that the way the world works? No, that's mm-hmm. not the way the world works. It's not the way it worked, you know, in the early nineteen hundreds, all the way through to all the way at the nineteen fifties when we were building social mm-hmm. and affordable housing. All of these things, that's not how it worked. All that, how it works is that is that's how it works since you introduced the financialization of properties when banks became mortgage lenders and now we see the results of that where we go boom bust boom bust but now we have the worst of that we're now going to go boom stagnate boom stagnate and you know if, if that's what they want to continually reinflate it you can forget about people actually having that, that affordable home because the idea of that is to actually make sure that we have returns on the property rather than stable and secure affordable housing that's the truth
1: yeah and, and and the thing is that the eviction ban and the crisis we're in now is is a symptom it results from a much wider structural crisis in housing and when you go back to it it does go back to the commodification of housing when they told um you know people who had any sort of money Uh, Buy a property, you know, in the 1990s, 1980s, 1990s, into the 2000s, all that time was, you know, the banks will lend you, you know, the buy-to-lets mortgage uh, to Mm. buy one property, additional property, a second property, a third property. It's your pension. You should do it. It's a great investment. Never once were they told, and and this is, you know, in some respects to take the blame, not blame off landlords, but to place it in context, that they were never told you're buying a home. You're not buying an investment asset. You're buying a home. And therefore, what you can do with that is different than what you do if you buy shares in a pension fund or you buy you know, commodity assets or you mm. invest it in a general fund. This is completely different. You're buying somebody's home. So you can't just sell it whenever you want. You can't do whatever you want. Tenants weren't even considered. Tenants were just thought of You know, as these people who just go and come and go, we do what we want, you know, and that's it. And the home is your investment asset. their home is your investment asset. And essentially, then government also turned to get social housing from the private rental sector. So we now have eighty thousand households who should be in real social housing are in the private rental sector. And why I think this is going to explode as a crisis way beyond this is because we have eighty thousand households who cannot afford the market rent mm-hmm. in the private rental sector, possibly, well, we know thousands of them are going to be evicted. Many more face it. They cannot afford the market rent. So where are they going to go? Government policy over 30 years has brought us to this point, And it is an utter, utter disaster. And that, again, they don't understand because they've been fooling themselves when someone is on in receipt of the housing assistance payment, they're taken off the social housing waiting list. Yeah, and so no, had, can, can we can
0: we can we can we just lay? That? Sorry, I, I'm, going, no, no, I'm going. No, no, no. We need to we need to be very honest about the about the yeah. HAP the HAP thing. What like because when they decided because HAP and Raz wasn't weren't included, like HAP was introduced as an emergency measure, and then Owen Murphy on the stroke of a pen said no HAP is social housing. Actually it was Alan Alan Kelly as Minister oh, for Housing in twenty fourteen yes. who introduced HAP as no, inter- official twenty fourteen. I'm, I'm thinking became of, official I'm social think, housing. I'm thinking of the Rebuilding Ireland program where yes, they rebuilding but, Ireland was twenty sixteen, yeah. But then we where had they the,
1: basically enshrined yes. and put increased massively the targets for uh, Hap. And they said yeah. we're going to provide all social housing through HAP rather uh, than
0: building uh, it. And the craziest thing that happened the other day was Darrell O'Brien getting to his feet and posting the video. He was so so delighted with himself. He put it up online himself to say we've reduced the social housing list yeah. by 15%. No, you haven't. You've increased HAP by tens of thousands, and actually, social housing need has risen by a third in the period all you've done referring- is taken
1: people off the waiting list because they're gone into HAP. Yeah, you haven't actually <laughs> reduced the waiting, and the point being this is my point. That, so in their own definition, housing need is falling. But in actual fact, all they've done is transferred people off the waiting list into a form of complete housing insecurity. Yes. In HAP. So Indeed. their housing need has, has actually been worsened in well, some respect. Well, social have been hidden. They've been social, taken off.
0: Those just start and say at least, at least one in four of those new HAP tenancies is insecure. At least one in four. So, and now, because landlords are selling,
1: even more. Even exactly. More so. That's, that's and, my point. Yeah. And, and, and in terms of, I think, the wider you know question of solutions, because we do need to focus on that as well, that, you know, the supply mantra, there is a truth to that, in that mm. we do need an increased supply. But it's the whole point of what type of supply. And we're seeing now, again, the fact that the, the, the financial um, environment has completely changed, as we know, it completely changed interest rates um, rising significantly, inflation costs. From what I'm hearing, and we spoke about this recently and what we've been told, is that the developers and some are investor funds here, uh, corporate landlords, went for planning permissions for multi-apartment size developments over the last three, four years, got planning permission, but now are not building because A, global funds, as far as I understand, are unwilling to forward purchase now in the way they were doing. And so therefore, developers are saying, we can't build because we don't know who we're going to sell it to. So we're going to leave these planning permissions sit idle. Or corporate landlords are saying, who are existing, saying, well, it's not viable for us because the rents aren't high enough to match the rising uh, cost of inflation, the rising interest rates payments. So we have 70,000 planning permissions sitting there, being unbuilt. And the argument from developers is well the state should give us tax breaks as far as i understand it, it is. Act- that, but but is, but that blows a hole like the fact that it, the investor funds are basically saying we're no longer financing mm. the building of new housing and yet last year a third uh, close to a third but
0: 8000 of the new supply was investor fund stuff mm. But what you're looking at, so they, they've decided interest rate environment is such that we're not even doing it. You have to look at, look at the like, so Blackstone, you know, Blackstone, everybody yeah. should know Blackstone. They're one of the largest of these funds in the world, right? They yeah. they they control literally billions upon billions of real estate across the globe. They've had to close some of their funds to withdrawals, Rory. So if you're an investor in Blackstone and you want to get your money out, they're yeah. saying, no, 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 no withdrawals currently. We need to, we need to ride this out. Like this is the sort of stuff. If you recall, in the last wobble, like there was a the the, the Irish Life Property Fund was was one of these things where they had bl- um, blue chip properties all over Dublin with yep. upward upward only rental reviews. Yeah, and then and they, they were, were expanding in, into residential as well they were yes, expanding Yeah, indeed. Into that, rent. Yeah, yeah. And then they had to say uh-oh close that to, close that to withdrawals because the asset values don't don't match what we what we're indicating over 25 year term and we can't pay out then the the rates that we were paying and all of a sudden in this interest rate environment interest rates going up at a level like faster than they have in a hundred years. Not the number, not the rates that they've gotten to, but the rate of increases is, is, is you know, this usually takes them a five year cycle to get, to get through what they've got through in 18 Explain months. Explain why if you're an investor fund, um, your
1: asset value that you estimated well, on the well, current uh, basis of investor
0: is falling. Well, because you, you're, esti- you're effectively say on a 25 year, uh, plan for for what you're playing what your term is so you're saying over the over the 25 years this is what the returns are going to be set yes. at, maybe, and and you're you're saying it's based on on that now right now for the last number of years you've been making hay, right? You your rates. So let's say I
1: invested uh five hundred million yeah in and, and and purchasing and you were and you were departments, departments. And we were
0: and we were being charged zero percent or one percent and now and we were and we were factoring a return of four percent. Great. Yeah. We're we're on the pig's back. Right now, we're probably getting that return of four percent because that's what we can pump pump out of it, you know. It's the rent increase yeah. in the, and the we, returns, yeah. yeah. Now the interest rate environment is changing. We're 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 paying out five and a half percent now. Even though over the lifetime we're going to recoup our money, that just makes people nervous today. So all of a sudden you have people who want to get out. They say, "Well, I only put in a couple of million into that, and you know I'm retor- I'm retiring soon, or this or it's say it's a pension fund. Yeah. You want your pension? So now that's because- a, that's a bit risky for me. Yeah, I mean, yeah. yeah. Just throw me. I want to get. The, I want look. I'll take my chances with cash because at least with cash, I'm only losing out the rate of inflation. I'm not losing out on. I'm not tied to the these assets um and then and then also some of these others can say well look if i get into cash now maybe i'll get a decent enough deposit rate you know you can because deposit rates even though they haven't come up to meet the rates that they're charging on on loans you need to actually try and balance that and say look am i more secure am i probably better off putting under the bed or putting it in somewhere else i'll give me one and a half percent and then rory to flip on that is that the fact that they've grown so fast so quickly I mean, like I mentioned, Blackstone, like they they went from in one year last year, they set all records in terms of you know new assets under management and. When we say assets under management, that means houses, that means yeah. apartments, that means homes. Yeah. So, yeah. you no, know, a lot of they have commercial property, and no doubt, mm. absolutely, they've large tranches of that everywhere. But they're taking a wobble as well. So they can't, they can't even offset things now. And if you are in places, that's why you start pushing for tax breaks. That's why you start pushing for more incentives. That's why you start pushing for, you know. Governments to turn around and say, Well, what what can you do for me in order for me to to, to help you? Because I need that f- I need to I need to now match the rate of inflation at the uh, or or the interest rates that I've been charged. And if you're not doing that, you're gonna consolidate. And when you consolidate, you're gonna take losses on, on certain t- types. And this is why we're all so exposed. I'll give you a really, really simple example. I remember uh towards the just as the bubble was going. There was crazy things happening. You might recall them, but there was one not too far from me in Finglas where we were going by a new development it was just finished. Lovely houses; they're all lived in now. But it was this, there was the um, try before you buy kind of scheme, so you could move in and pay your first year's rent, and the, and the developer would allow you to use it as that first year's rent as your deposit towards the mortgage. Okay. Do you remember any of these? No, I don't remember. Okay, so these. So, what that meant was what the developer's really saying. I was renting
1: at the time. There wasn't to buy.
0: But what the developer was actually saying was, I don't want to reduce my price by 20,000. I want to maintain the price of, say, 300 grand. I don't want to bring it down to to 270. And that way I can still have them the brochure from 300,000, right? So, but what he should have done is brought the price down and actually then, you know, so people who. Needed to to get less of a deposit, but the property wasn't worth three hundred. It wasn't worth two seventy. We knew yeah. very quickly it wasn't worth two twenty. That exact same incentive schemes, the try before you buy, the deposit break, the mortgage break. Guess what are being rolled out right now in the UK this morning. That. This is the same schemes yeah. again. And yeah. well, here we go. Wash, rinse, repeat. Rory, this morning I saw the article and I just thought, and I went, you know, new incentives to help people get on the property ladder. And I went, this is not incentives. This is yeah. actually a way of saying, let's not, let's not admit that actually the place we've overvalued it by 40,000 uh, and we need to actually mm-hmm. bring down our prices. And, and of course, what's going to happen is
1: as property prices fall. More and more landlords would sell because exactly. it's their investment. So again, combined with, you know, you talk about this utter combination of, poli- well, basically policy has brought us here. And mm. and the, the reason why we need to get that eviction ban back in place is because what is ahead is even worse in terms of where this is going. And the government are not going to be able to stop the tsunami you know, flow of landlords out because as soon as property prices start falling significantly, they are just going they already are. They're all they want to get out. That's their you know that's in certain level, that's their right in the sense I have no issue with a landlord wanting to sell. Sell. But leave the tenant in place. Yeah, and, and,
0: and and the state you know? step in and purchase. I mean, we, exactly. we, let's yeah. get back to the, back to the opportunity. But, oh, the just one second.
1: Exactly. The, the opportunity cost of that, mm. of you not paying emergency accommodation, huge expense of actually adding to the social housing stock, like the tenant in situ scheme expanded to all incomes. You could be getting, you know, a, an income related rent, you mm. know, people on, you know, average incomes can pay more. And um, that. It's a win-win. Like it is actually a real potential and, for, like, wow. expanding our public house. And actually, you know, Ireland could become this scheme if it was done right and expanded properly, could be a real example for how you change your housing system to well. One, um,
0: well, imagine if which we could is go secure from it. and affordable and has public housing at its heart. Absolutely, and the potential is there, especially when you consider what we got. What we now somewhere around nine and a half, eight percent of our housing in social yeah. and affordable stock, but. but there is a contradiction. The government
1: said, on the one hand, it was Kieran, what's his name last night, uh, the Fine Gael junior minister, oh, uh, right. Go on. Uh, was saying, you know, oh, there's no local authorities basically should be told, are being told, buy it, buy it, no matter what it is. But yet, the target is only 1,500 homes. Mm. We know the numbers that are being evicted are likely to be 5000 plus mm. so it's on the one it's still it's playing games as well absolutely
0: but but you know, the point but the point is if we can if we keep that incrementalism of of pushing them in the right direction that's not a bad thing the, the, but the other thing i would say is that the state needs to be be wise and understand that there's again in that correction there's an opportunity the opportunity yes. so so for example just just remember the, the government's own the Irish government's Economic Evaluation Service, now four and a half years ago or so, said for every hap tenancy in Dublin, we could build two social local authority houses on local authority land. Let's remember that they also said... That for every what was the the awful figure it was it was kind of heartbreaking it was something like 38 and a half thousand Euro I could, could be corrected on this something like the cost of putting one family in emergency accommodation for 12 months was about 38 and a half thousand Euro uh, and we and so in other words for for a three and a half year stay in emergency accommodation we could build a home all of these things uh, yeah. now we can we can take so so even if we say it from a financial point of view because the, the state are still obsessed like it or lump it, obsessed yeah, with with the financial it, with the financial it, it makes much more sense to do it yeah. the way and the fortunate
1: position we're in is we have 4 billion of a war chest sitting there yeah. that could be put into this and know. despite and despite what's going on. no to one needs to, grow, to be Despite no what's any, gonna happen yeah.
0: to the global economy, our economy yeah. will still on the headline figure, folks. Let's be very clear on the headline figure, not your yours and our lived experience, but on the headline figure, we'll still we're still showing growth in Ireland, which is just, you know, well done tax haven. Ireland is performing above and beyond the call yeah. of duty. But but irrespective of what happens,
1: the global financial situation, the we have to do this. It yeah. is like climate ca- it's, It is like the arguments around climate change. There is no cost that can be high enough to keep people in their homes and to invest in housing and invest in similar in climate response there is no cost we, you because all money is fictitious anyway yes it's, it's the allocation of resources yeah their decision about where we allocate resources it, and so it. if we decide we want to allocate our resources to building homes to purchasing You know, people to keep them in their
0: homes to developing renewable energy. We do it. The money and, is just a relationship and and uh, I was talking to Richard Murphy the excellent uh accounting professor and and one of the one of the guys who founded what it was originally called the the new green new deal uh the other day and he was we were on Zoom like this and he said to me do you know how we make money and he held up his keyboard he said we just punch numbers into this exactly. something like this so exactly. so it's really is that simple like it I is. hate to hate to break yeah. it down yeah Look,
1: Yeah. Okay. So we're we've got Wednesday evening. Um and again, if listeners can very welcome join us. Uh, you know, ask questions, get your view across, you know, we love to to hear your views um and we look forward to that um webinar. You'll be sending the link. You've sent the link to uh, patrons already. They've already
0: got it and we'll put it out in general this weekend, Rory.
1: Yeah. So people do come along, join us um and get involved. And really thank you so much to all the listeners who have really done a lot of work um in the last few weeks in pumping on social media in sharing around the petition um the fail of housing organizers um and also if people are um and of course those who came along and uh, came on and have told their story to James O'Toole um Elizabeth uh, Faiza Martin um, and others who told their stories very powerfully um Lisa as well uh, so important and um I think that we can see changes happening this is a terrible terrible decision but from this we can make something uh positive and hopefully and and minimize as much suffering as possible from it um so Wednesday evening half seven um that is Wednesday the what day Tony oh, God you've got Lord me there. Uh, that it's the 29th I think is it it could be. It's Wednesday next week. So if you're listening to this, it'll be next week, not. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's the 29th. Wednesday, so... 29th. Wednesday, 29th at half seven. And if people do want to um, put up their own experience of eviction or facing eviction, um, they can go over to Uplift. They have a map where they are mapping a really important piece of work, and um, documenting it, which is going to be really, really important to show this as it goes on. And obviously, as as I've as I've said before, if you want to tell your story um, on the podcast, contact us um, at Rory Hearn uh, or at Reboot Pod. We're on Twitter, Instagram, um, and that is it. There is also obviously Catu, the tenants' union, are organising protests. Sower raise the roof. Um, Focus Ireland Threshold Simon Community DePaul They're all um, Working as well And just to shout out That I am Running four marathons oh. This <laughs> For my sins And for my To try and deal with all this uh, Four marathons In this year Raising funds for DePaul um, I raised funds for them last year So raised well funds for DePaul So I'm starting on Saturday Which is tomorrow With a 50k mountain run In Wicklow Lovely Yeah um, so I have no idea how it's going to go, but I'll be I'll be setting up the uh, the page, the fundraising page. I'll send it around
0: as well. Fair so. play, to you, Roy, That's great. I mean, I, I I'd love to say I envy you. I don't. I I, <laughs> I limped around a ten miler the other day, so I, I I I'm getting worse. But no, well done. Congratulations, and I hope it's for a really good cause. So we will link to that as soon as you have the as soon as you have the page. I do want to make one plug. I'm really sorry, but the uh, the Mayday Badge Appeal is happening again this year. Andrew O'Brien has been fantastic. In Doing over the last number of years, raising funds for different charities. It's kicking off Thursday evening in the Union on Abbey Street. Uh, there are a couple of panels. Yours truly will be uh, leading one of them, taking people through a few conversations. But we'll be more importantly raising money. So, so, but if you don't, if you can get along, get along, buy the badges. If you can't, the badges will be up there for people to buy online most of the funds i think the funds are going this year to massey the movement against uh, a movement for asylum seekers in ireland so it's a really good cause and great. andrew always does great work uh, you know fair Absolutely. play to him i'm just yeah. Uh, yeah so just to give him a plug so thanks for thanks for that and and best of luck with tomorrow rory cheers
1: and thank you tony as well you've been doing a trojan amount of work in terms of putting these podcasts out and i've been contacting you last minute saying oh can we get this person on to tell their story you're like yeah
0: problem at all let's just set it up I'll set it up and get get (laughs) it uploaded and give give me 20 minutes and I'll try yeah yeah no
1: listen do really appreciate all the work it's uh it is phenomenal um amount of work and 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 I I, I will say that you know people have been contacting me and saying you know they have felt you know hearing the stories themselves going through it that that makes them not feel alone Mm. um and others saying you know this is um motivating me to take action and Um, so it really is a a community there is a community of listeners out there and they get so much out of this and I really appreciate you and as we say if you can share this around and if you can become a patron of the tortoise shack
0: thanks Rory Talk, talk to you all soon folks take care talk to you soon